This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Okay, here we go as we try to uh, ride the tiger of another NHL season. Welcome to it, the Jeff Merrick Show back on the air across the Sportsnet Radio Network and not a moment too soon. Now we can all stop or at least pause for a couple of moments grousing about the Toronto Blue Jays and their woes and the decisions and the lack of hitting and the base running and the decisions on Barrios and getting him out of the game and then hitting into double plays with the bases loaded Etc. 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 We'll park that for a couple of moments here in Kanakistan, as we like to call it, Canada, elsewhere, um, and talk about hockey for a couple of hours here. So, welcome to the program. Coming up, Elliot Friedman, as always, uh, kicks off each and every show here. I have a new term, by the way, for Elliot's. I have a new way to describe Elliot. Stay tuned as I learn a new word today. Um, so stay tuned for that. Kelly McCrimmon is the general manager of the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, he will stop by Stanley Cup champion. Uh, so look forward to that. And Eric Francis will talk to us about in Calgary, new rink, new coach, new GM, some new players, new vibe. And we wonder new outcome this year uh, for the Calgary Flames. Now, a couple of things before we get to Elliot as we get him on the line. Um Hang on, as we send a quick note to our producer. Um, I want to go over a couple of things here. So Gary Bettman most recently spoke at the uh, Board of Governors and told the assembled media that they're looking forward to the cap maybe moving up to $87, $88 million. This will be one of the stories we follow all season long. How do GMs behave now that it looks as if the cap is very much going up? That is music to the ears of managers, uh, to fans, certainly to players as well. Because one of the points that I think is particularly salient as you look around the entire sports landscape, I don't know if you do this, but I do this, and maybe it's the wrong thing to do, but I think we all do it sort of impulsively. We look at players' salaries as a gauge for how healthy that sport is. We don't necessarily look at, you know, how much franchises are going for, although Ottawa 950 is pretty impressive. I think a lot of fans look at salaries and say a sport is doing well if the athletes are doing well in it, and the upper-end ones are usually the measuring stick for that. Um, with a bump in the salary cap now that the PA has, has paid back all the COVID money, as we like to call it, it looks like that uh, some players' salaries are going to go up as an indication of the vibrancy of the game. A lot of talk about expansion slash relocation. This season, we will have our eyes on the Arizona Coyotes. A decision is coming at some point, and we do have eyes on Salt Lake City. Will they be a relocation market? Will uh, Ryan Smith, the owner of Salt Lake, um, and any new team there be a relocation uh, destination, or will they be an expansion um, location. There are some prizes will follow as well throughout the season. There are two players that will vie for the top spots at the NHL draft. Macklin Celebrini and Cole Eiserman will follow them all season long. Uh, we'll follow the new Professional Women's Hockey League, the PWHL. Uh, they will start in January, training camps in November, six-team league, although there's already whispers uh, all around the uh, the women's game about expansion, maybe as soon as next season. Spoke to someone yesterday who wondered about both Vancouver 
and Seattle. L.A. is certainly out there as well. Uh, Want to kick off today's show before we get to Elliot by just remembering people who passed away this offseason since we last spoke uh, here on these airwaves. Uh, at the age of 72, Henry Boucher uh, passed away. Minnesota hockey legend, uh, NHL uh, legend as well, played in the WHA. The great Bobby Bond passed away at the age of 86. Former bruising Maple Leafs, uh, California Seal, Detroit Red Wing defenseman, scored the uh, famously scored the Stanley Cup winning goal in 1964 on a broken ankle. Uh, NHL Executive VP Brian O'Neill, an honored member of the Hockey Hall of Fame, served the NHL for over 50 years. He passed away at the age of 94. Gilles Gilbert. Uh, as Jerry Cheevers bolted to the WHA, it was over to Gilles Gilbert to, uh, to help salvage the Boston Bruins crease situation and did an outstanding job with it. He passed away at the age of 74. Yvonne Pedno, a colleague, broadcaster, a, uh, an honored member of the Hockey Hall of Fame, and Elmer Ferguson uh, award winner. It was such a thrill when I first joined Hockey Night back in 2007 uh, to, to meet him and, and share airwaves with him and talk to him on a regular basis. Yvonne passed away at the age of 77 and Chris Snow and the entire Snow family, our entire hearts break. And we look at the legacy of Chris Snow and everything that he has done um, to help find a cure for, uh, for ALS. And we think uh, uh, fondly of Chris, Kelsey, the kids as well and our condolences and our thoughts are still very much with the uh, with the snow family uh some players who retired in the off season 21 of them filing official retirements okay so headlined by patrice bergeron and david Krejci, uh but most recently derek stepan Corey schneider brandon sutter uh, paul byron nick holden andrew ladd michael del zotto carl Haglin. it doesn't feel like we lost this many but we did uh, Jonas Donskoy, Jonathan Bernier, Nate Thompson, Thomas Grice, Patrick Hornquist, Michael Stone, Mark Borvietsky, Justin Braun, Craig Anderson, Sven Berchi, and Nigel Dawes all officially called it a career this offseason. 21 players, and we expect there to be more. But as it stands right now through the NHL Players Association, 21 players have Retired. Uh, time now for our first guest. He, uh, he is uh, no stranger to this program, no stranger to these airwaves. He is Elliot Friedman from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada here with the latest. How are you, Fridge? I thought maybe you were announcing your retirement. I will. I don't think I'll ever do that. I think someone else will, uh, will do that for me if you catch my drift. I will be retired by someone else. Yeah, I'm just going to be a ghost. That's that's what I'm going to do. That's what I would like to. That's how I would like to go. I'm sure it'll get reported if it happens, but uh, I, I would hey, like to be a ghost. I have a I have a new term for you. I learned a new word today. I, I'm very excited by this because I, I saw this word today, and it's been out there for a while. And like anything, you know, I get to things late. Um, yeah. But I learned a new term that made me think of you right away. Oh yeah, what's that? Do you know what fubbing is? Fubbing? Fubbing. P-H-U-B-B-I-N-G. Fubbing. Do you know what fubbing is? No, I just I, I just got Riz down pat, so I'm I'm ready for a new <laughs> I'm ready for a new well, one. Well, you might be doing this right now, Elliot. Elliot, as okay. we speak, you might be fubbing me as uh, as we speak. Fubbing is the act of ignoring someone you're with and giving attention to your mobile phone instead. Oh, I'm Fubbing, the worst. Elliot. Oh, <laughs> Steph is going to love 
Steph is going to love that one. That's yeah, a, that's about so that... to become a big part of the Friedman family vernacular. Over dinner tonight, uh, uh, Steph and Elliot having a conversation about fu- me and the wife are going to do a little fubbing tonight. Uh, excuse me, sir. Yeah, we're going to ignore each other while we look at our phones. What are you? Actually, we mind? are starting. We are starting a new rule this year. No phones oh, yeah? during. Uh, no phones during dinner. Good luck. We tried that. Yeah, I, we tried that. I know. I know. Like a cozy, a cozy and, week. If I get through one meal, I'll be excited. Okay, so before we get to the latest news, one thing I want to get your thoughts on: uh, Mark Andre Fleury last night. Yeah. Now, uh, it's been said before. You know, you're old when you start identifying with the teacher from the Breakfast Club. So that would have been yes. Paul Gleason, who played uh, the teacher Richard Vernon. Um, I'm there. Like, I identify with that teacher now, which means that I am old. And when I watch Marc-Andre Fleury, both with Taylor Hall and most specifically with Connor Bedard during the shootout, um, just sort of tripping him and then tapping him on the shins and essentially saying, get off my lawn, kid. I thought to myself, is that his Richard Vernon moments? Your thoughts on Marc-Andre Fleury on Connor Bedard last night? Well, first of all, Breakfast Club is an all-time great movie. Uh, There are a lot of movies from the 80s that do not hold up. Uh, Meatballs does not hold up. Uh, The original Arthur, which was a fantastic movie. Uh, Suffice it to say, when I I showed it to my wife, who was 10 years younger than me, she said, this is one of the greatest movies of the 80s. She, like, rolled her eyes at it. But (laughs) Breakfast Club, that one holds up. Like, that is uh, a great movie. Anyway, you know, I loved watching that last night. Um, I, I think what it really said to me, like I have no problem with anything that happened there. I have no problem no. With, the, with the shootout tries of the Chicago Blackhawks. I have no problem with the way that Fleury reacted. Like when, when I saw Fleury last night, I said to myself, That's, there's the reason this guy has lasted 20 years in the NHL. Like he could coast. He doesn't need to. He doesn't, he doesn't have anything he has to prove to anyone, right? He can just go out there and be Marc-Andre Fleury. And here he is in an exhibition game. He doesn't like what's going on, and he's giving it right to them. Like, to me, that's what makes elite athletes elite athletes. Like, we all go and roll our eyes and say, this is an exhibition game. Marc-Andre Fleury is like, no, that, that, that's not the way I look at this. This is competition, and I don't care that it doesn't matter If these guys are going to try to embarrass me, I'm going to try to give it back to them. I thought the whole thing was awesome. And it's another thing that reminds me of what makes great athletes great athletes. Because, like, Fleury was into that last night. I loved it. I just thought it was great. Yeah, I, I thought it was fantastic as well. Um, play me that one over. Like, that is going to be forever on the Connor Bedard highlight reel as a welcome to the NHL moments. Uh, good on Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, coming up at the bottom of the hour, I'm going to talk to Eric Francis more about this, but I do want to get your thoughts on, on the arena situation with the, with the Calgary Flames and just get a, a, a thought on where everybody is at with Calgary. We want to bounce around a couple of teams here. I want to get to Winnipeg with the, uh, the Vili Hainala injury as well. That's a, that's a tough one. But do you have a thought on either the arena, the Flames, uh, the new faces in the GM chair, the behind the bench as well, uh, all of it? The uh, the Calgary vibe right now, Elliot, what say you? You know, I, I, we were in Calgary last week um, and uh, uh, for the event uh, for, the, for the Western Canadian Professional Scouts. 
uh, rose for Ron, and we went to the game on Friday night, and there's no question among the players the vibe is, is very, very different. Very, very different. And uh, in, in a good way. Like, everybody there is in a good mood. And, and the Backlund deal was a big linchpin, and I think there's some yeah. players, in addition to Backlund, like the one guy I think is going to be interesting is going to be Hannafin because, like, he was done last year. He made it very clear he, he wasn't going to resign. And even the word on him, like, when I, you know, when he said it at the beginning, I was like, okay, is he just saying it? Like, when he said, no, I'm willing to stay, I was kind of wondering if it was one of those things that sometimes people say just to get everybody off their backs. They don't want to have to deal with it all year. But, and, and he has kind of said he won't talk about it the rest of the season. But, you know, someone said to me, no, it's legit. He's, he's considering it. So, like, like I, I think that's a big victory for the Flames. And, you know, obviously yesterday was a big win for them too. Um, you know, I, I think that, you know, I mean, the one thing is, is that I don't think anybody is – I know the hope is to have it ready for 2026-27. I just don't think anybody knows yet for sure what the schedule of this thing is going to be. And as somebody who went through a house renovation, which was one of the most stressful things I've ever gone through in my entire life, and I will never do that again. Like, I I just understand that there's a lot of things that pop up that, you know, even when you have a set timeline, it's difficult to stick to it. Now they don't have a set timeline, so it's going to be a challenge. But the key is they're going to get there. We just don't know when. Like, Calgary's, you know, Calgary's had a very – it looked like it was going to be a disaster of an offseason for Calgary, Jeff. They've had a really good start to this year. I heard earlier this week nothing else was imminent signing-wise, but now they just have to drop the puck and play. Right. Uh, we do wonder – I mean, you mentioned Hannafin. We wonder about Lynn Holm as well. Um, still some, some business I think, there for Craig Conroy. The, the, I really what, thought what that number for, for Lynn Holm was going to be around eight and a half. I think it, that was last uh, year I said that. I think we're going uh, higher than that. I think uh, it's going to be I, nine, nine-something. Uh, I, I'm with you on that one. You know, back to the rink really quickly, and I'll do more on this with Eric at the bottom of the hour. Uh, when you hear, because you talk about renovations, I've gone through a home reno as well. So timelines are one thing, and price tag is the other. Uh, when you hear $800 million, what goes through your mind? Look, I mean, I, like, I, I'm not really interested in this debate. I know how some people feel. Um, no, I'm I mean, just more, look, more saying, I'm just more, I'm just, honestly, I'm just more saying, like, the initial price tag is never the closing price tag. Yes, that, that is true. It's, it's always, there's always overruns, there's always delays. Um, uh, look, I mean, that's a, that's a big number. If I remember correctly, when Scotiabank Arena was first built in Toronto, it was like 285. And that was what, like thir- uh, 30 years ago, uh, 25 years ago? So, I mean, I want to say. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a big number. But, you know, the one thing is, like, in Edmonton, there were the same arguments. People didn't like it. Some people don't like public money going to arenas. Um, Fine. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. But if you ask people in Edmonton now, they will talk about what a big hit that has been for the downtown core. Like, even people I know who live in Edmonton who didn't like the idea – of public money going to it, they say, you know what, it turned out pretty well. So that's what you're hope that that's what you're hoping for here. You hope it revitalizes something. And 
you know, the one thing, the one thing definitely is there were a lot of Flames fans who didn't like the fact the others had this brand spanking new arena, and oh, yeah. they didn't. So, I mean, we'll see. We'll see how it all turns out. I don't think the footprint's going to be as big, but we'll we'll see how it all turns out. Bouncing around some other key Canadian teams, uh, William Nylander continues to dominate headlines in Toronto, uh, willing to negotiate during the season, etc. Uh, your thoughts on what we're, what we should expect from the Maple Leafs? And I'm listen. I watched you and Justin and Nick the other day with David on the uh, on one of the preseason games, and I thought the point that you made was bang on, which is I don't think this blue line looks the same after trade deadline than what we see right now. Your thoughts on Nylander and the Maple Leafs? Well, first of all, about that panel the other night, I thought Justin was great. I thought Nick was great. I thought I was great. We were in mid-season form. Like, David's got some <laughs> catching up to do. That's the, that's the first thing that, that I would say. Um, you're, I, I, you know what? I think, I think they looked at D this offseason, and they said, uh, and, and they didn't like what was available to them or what the trade options were. So I, I agree with you. I think they will be filing that as something we're going to deal with during the year. Um, you know, the the, the Nylander thing uh, doesn't surprise me um, that he would consider that. Um, you know, I read the story today by Jonas Siegel, and it basically just said, don't bug me. Just tell me when it's close. And I know that when the season starts, there's a lot of players that prefer that. That's the way they like going about things. You can yeah. talk. But don't bug me unless there's something to talk about. So I, I think that I think that's actually a really smart uh, way of uh, of looking at things. I just think that you know the Willie thing. The last I I heard about anything there, they just weren't close. Now maybe that's changed or maybe something else is going on. But I just heard they they weren't close the last time I looked into it, and we'll see if it's chat. But you know I think it's it's interesting that the whole uh, Nylander at center thing seems to have blown up right now it doesn't look like this that looks like one of my grade 10 chemistry experiments that lasted one <laughs> class and then the professor said you're not doing that again so yeah. i mean we'll see i mean the, the mitten thing is interesting uh yeah. and i think Toronto's gonna have a fascinating year i think they're pretty good i think they have a chance to be the best team of the, of the division but i'm looking at that at the dean and where it's going to go and and the other thing i wonder about at the end of the year who is going to be the number one goal in Toronto? Like, who is going to be that guy? And that's what I'm really curious about. Okay, so f- finish this sentence circling back. Um, in just about every trade he makes, Brad Treliving picks up a? D. That's right. We shall see where the Maple Leafs head. Um, a couple of other things around the NHL. Uh, Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Nate Schmidt is hurt. Billy Hanela with the opportunity. Hanela goes into the boards. Rick Bonus says this is yeah. not going to be short term. And listen, we've seen Hanela uh, fall started a couple of different times by the organization, been given chances a number of times by the organization. First round draft pick once upon a time, Billy Hanela. So you feel awful. Uh, for him and you feel for the organization and we talked about the Calgary Flames and what we thought the offseason was going to be like for them uh, and maybe moving bodies out. We kind of expected the same from Winnipeg, whether it was Shifley, whether it was Hellebuck. They did move Pierre-Luc Dubois to the Los Angeles Kings and got back some serviceable some really good hockey players actually. It's a really nice deal for Winnipeg. Um, But where where are you at with the Jets right now with uh, the Hellebuck question, the Shifley question and you know, trying to get back into a into a playoff spot here. 
Well, I, I think they, like, Mark Chipman was at the Board of Governors, and he talked to Pierre, and he reiterated to Pierre that uh, he want, they want to sign both those guys. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, the one thing I think about Hellebuck is I believe on some level they've had conversations about it. I don't necessarily think it's anything imminent or anything like that, but I, I believe I believe that Hellebuck is more amenable to staying now. It's, it's similar to Calgary. Like, I think everybody was frazzled at the end of last year, and but I think once he came back and, and got some time to think about it, I have heard that Hellebuck is more amenable to staying. Now, the one thing I've heard in his case is that, like, I just think he wants to know what the plan is. Like, when I look at that division, Jeff, I see two teams at the top in Colorado and Dallas. I see yeah. Minnesota in the next tier, and I see Chicago, like, that's a long way away. And then yeah. I see Arizona, I see Nashville, I see St. Louis, and I see Winnipeg. And I see situations for all of them where their season goes really well, and I see situations for all of them where their season doesn't. And so I think it's all going to play out. But I think, you know, how about from what I heard, like one of the things one of the former Jets told me is that they feel, the players there, that they don't know what's going on. Like they say on some other teams, you don't get input into decision-making, but you get kind of told what the plan is. And I think Hellebuck wanted to have a better idea of the plan uh, before he committed to anything, but I think he was open to it. You know, the Shifley thing I think is a little bit different. I really thought that, you know, we would get uh, uh, some kind of resolution one way or the other this summer. I, I think Winnipeg, after losing Dubois and um, uh, like they're looking at down and down the middle and they're like, we need centers. It's hard to find centers. I just think the thing with Shifley is what's the number going to be. And I think that's going to be a, a, a big question. And I think at times Shifley and the Jets have wondered if it just might be time to go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I don't know where that stands right now, but I've heard the Jets have been like, you know what? The position he plays those are hard to replace, and we know yeah. that. So in Anaheim, Elliott, we saw new contracts for Jamie Drysdale and Trevor Zegras. And now, more so than ever, all eyes have turned to Ottawa and Shane Pinto. What is the latest here? Like, what, like, I'm sure there are some roads that are available to Pierre Dorian, general manager of the Ottawa Senators, things that he can do. Uh, to open up cap space to to make this deal happen. I think a lot of Ottawa Senators fans are wondering perhaps then why haven't they happened already? What yeah. is the latest with Shane Pinto on the sense? Uh, the number one thing, because I, ch- I try to check this as much as I can, is I have been steadfast in my belief that Shane Pinto wants to stay in Ottawa. Like we have Great. seen some players in these situations ask for trades. I do not believe Shane Pinto wants a trade and as we as you talk to me at 12:24 eastern time on friday morning i still be, or it's afternoon i don't even know what time it is anymore it's morning but, in calgary and vancouver <laughs> i have been told that shane pinto still by the best intel i have is not asked for a trade 
And, and from what I understand, and I'm hearing this mm-hmm. from a lot of different places, his opinion on that has not changed. He still wants to be an Ottawa senator. So that's number one. I think now, Jeff, the biggest complicating factor is Josh Norris. Okay? Oh, yeah. So, so like, DJ Smith had some interesting quotes the other day about how this is a mental hurdle, basically, for Norris. And, first of all, it's very tough to hear. I, I don't like to hear that for anybody. Mental, uh, uh, I, you know, mental strength and, and feeling good about yourself, I think, is, is a very important thing for human beings. But it seems to me that Norris is really concerned about the shoulder. And if the player is concerned about the shoulder, then the team has to be concerned about the shoulder. So I think the question everybody's asking here right now, and I don't have the answer as I talk to you, is what does this mean? Like, you know, he hasn't played an exhibition game yet. They've got one more. I mean, if he shows up and plays and gets through it, I think everybody takes a deep breath. But if he doesn't play, then everybody's going to be wondering what's going on here. Like, I can't imagine. I shouldn't say I can't imagine because I don't know. But I think the last resort here and is that he opens up the season like on long-term injury. I don't, I don't, think, I don't think anybody wants that. I, I don't know that. I don't know that that's even a possibility, but I'm starting to go through all of the situations in my head because mm-hmm. if he does end up there, like I don't think the bridge where, where Pinto and the team is, is that far away, but I think it's a very, like, it, like it's going to take someone to move. Like I'm going to bet it's around a couple hundred thousand dollars a season, but both sides are dug in. Now, if Norris goes on LTIR, you can sign him and punt that problem. Um, but I, I just, I just think that's the biggest question right now. Jeff is, is what now? The other thing too is, you know, you've, you've had people tell me, well, if Norris is down, Pinto can really ask for the moon. I don't think that's going to happen here. I mean, the surest predictor of uh, future behavior is past behavior. And you'll remember, and the agent here also represents Rasmus Sandin. When Muzzin got hurt last year in the preseason, he took the deal that was on the table. And he just said, we're coming in. We're not going to heist you. I don't Mm -hmm. think – so, again, I don't know this, but it's my opinion, is that they won't jack up their price, but they will expect Ottawa to meet theirs. That's – it's not based on anything anyone's told me. It's just based on the history of the – agent in these cases uh let me ask you about a couple of teams here before we uh bid you good afternoon and you can get back to fubbing people um (laughs) do you uh are you on board with the new hotness in the nhl elliot the new hotness that is the new jersey devils led by jack hughes the new hotness ready to take that next step uh the shiny new toy they got back in the playoffs last year they beat the new york rangers might have been their version of the stanley cup flamed out against the carolina hurricanes those two teams seem like they're going to be one and two in the metropolitan division after that sort them out everybody are you down with the new hotness that is the devils in the nhl i i am i mean uh um, first of all, I thought you were going to say that the new hotness in the NHL was Canadian broadcasters, because that's, that's definitely true. <laughs> oh, yes, cl- clearly. Uh, you know, I, th- I think this. I think, like, I like them. And, you know, we talked about this on the pod today. 
what does the exhibition season mean? Not a ton, but you know, what did Jack, what did Jack Hughes say to us in Vegas? He said, it's like, we know more is expected of us and we're excited. He said, like, this is the first time since he's been in the NHL that they're talking about playoffs and not, you know, what draft pick are we going to get or who's getting traded at the deadline. And I'm always interested, like, okay, when you're like that, how does a team show up? And what I see is a team that's excited to play and in the right frame of mind. So, you know, hey, they got one more exhibition game left. They could go perfect. It's been a while since that happened. I don't put Mm -hmm. a ton of stock in that. But what I do believe, Jeff, is that this team has showed up prepared to play. A couple of final things here quickly. 41 years ago today, Elliot, the Quebec Nordiques united the Stastny line. Ah. Right? Marion, Peter, and Anton. Uh, They beat the Buffalo Sabres. I think the line collectively had like something like eight points. Here's my question. Off the top of the show, I talked about the 21 players who officially retired this summer. That's headlined by Patrice Bergeron. And then we just saw yesterday or the day before, Derek Stepan, he's the most recent to call it a career. Yeah. We know what's happening with Paul Stastny. It's a great question. I checked this two weeks ago at the beginning of camp, and he was still, I'll see if it's changed, but he's still out there. The one thing is he didn't want a PTO. He right. he wanted a guarantee. So that was the situation at the time, and I'll, I'll check in and see if it's changed. Phil Kessel? Same deal. Uh, he did not want to, he was waiting to see uh, on some situations. Um, as far as I understand, there were some teams recently that were still chatting uh, with Kessel, uh, and, but nothing guaranteed at this point in time. Very good. We will uh, we will stay tuned. Okay, uh, welcome to another season. Here we go. Ride the Tiger. It's uh, the NHL season once again. A couple more days of preseason. Don't call it exhibition. A couple more gay days of preseason action, then we'll get to the real thing next week. Have a great weekend. We'll, uh, we'll catch up soon, Fridge. All right, bye. Speak Be good. Uh, Elliot Friedman, fubbing, ladies and gentlemen. That is the act of being with someone but paying more attention to your phone. Nobody knows that more or better than Elliot Friedman. Uh, Elliot mentioned Jack Hughes a couple of seconds ago. We'll play that interview for you coming up in hour two. Also, random fact of the day, random hockey fact of the day, a brand new feature here on the program. That will be uh, on-ramped starting at the top of the hour. Kelly McCrimmon uh, at 1.30 Eastern will stop by the uh, Vegas Golden Knights uh, Stanley Cup champion general manager. He will be aboard. But next, to talk to us about all things Flames and what a summer it was on uh, well, not so much on, but what a summer it was off the ice um, for the Calgary Flames. Uh, most recently with the arena uh, situation yesterday, and congratulations. Uh, let's see, this thing gets past the finish line. Uh, also, some players go, some players stay, and some players we have big question marks about. Eric Francis from Sportsnet stops by to talk about all things Calgary in a moment. It's glad to be back. I'm so glad to be back here talking hockey with you uh, across the Sportsnet Radio Network. The Merrick Show continues. Be right back.